2 Timothy this morning, we're, we're looking at uh, 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 these faithful sayings of Paul. Uh, simply four times Paul writes in his writing, he uses the phrases, this is a faithful saying. And this phrase means this is trustworthy. It's reliable information. You, you, you can take this to the bank. There's a lot of stuff that you can, can't count on in this world today. There are all kinds of voices in this world that you cannot trust this morning. But I'm glad that the advice that God gives through the Paul to you and me this morning on the pages of the Word of God is absolutely 100% reliable this morning. I'm so glad when I read the Bible, I don't have to look at it with a critical eye and say, well, uh, that should not be there. Maybe that word shouldn't be there. Maybe that, 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 that phrase or that verse should not be there. I'm glad when I read the Bible this morning, I can trust everything that this, uh, this morning that is a blessing this morning, that when you read this book, you're reading the words of God to mankind this morning. Chapter 2, verse number 8. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Thank God right there. You ought to just say praise the Lord. The word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may also obtain salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, here it is, it's a faithful saying that if we be dead with Him, we shall also live with Him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He also will deny us. Let us pray. Father, we just thank You this morning, Lord. We thank You for Your words, Lord. Help us to receive it, the engrafted word to apply to our lives and our hearts this morning, Lord. Help me to be what I need to be, empty myself, and just open up the ears of everyone here this morning. We'll give you praise and glory and honor in all things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, we're in that faithful saying of Paul's. He said, for we on the third one this morning. In verse number eight, nine, Paul says, wherein I suffer because he's been preaching the gospel, because he's living for Jesus Christ. He, he's suffering trouble. Can I say, if you think that Christian life will be without trouble, then you're not living the Christian life. If you think Christian life is without persecution, may I submit to you, you're living the wrong kind of Christian life this morning. We find that part of the Christian life and part of being made conforming to Jesus Christ is the fact that we have sufferings, troubles, and trials. We find in verse number 9, Paul uses that word in verse number 12, I honestly wish they were not there. I wish they were not there. He also used that word in chapter 3, verse number 12. Suffering. Suffering. 
I, I wish them words were not there. I wish I could say this part this morning to the Christian life. I, I really wish I could stand up here and tell you that if you get saved, you washed by the blood and you've gone to Christ and you're free pardons of sin, uh, that everything in your life is going to be great. I wish I could stand here and tell you that, but I'd be lying to you this morning. And let me just say this. I'm just going to throw this out for you this morning. If any preacher stands in the pulpit and tells you the reason you got trouble is because you're not living for God, you ought to just kick him. Because Bible says that's not Bible. You're going to suffer this morning. We find Paul says suffering. Suffering. We're looking at this faithful saying of salvation when we First time we looked at it. Then we looked at the faithful sin of, of sanctification. But here's something else that a child of God you can take to the bank this morning that is absolutely reliable, that will happen in your Christian life. And this morning it's the third faithful saying is the faithful saying of suffering. Don't let anyone tell you that you're not going to suffer. I do not believe that you ought to examine some of the troubles in your life and, and see if the troubles are by your sake or by God's sake. I, I'm living for the Lord on this. The trouble of chastising God will get a hold of you because of something you're doing in your life and God wants to straighten out and God will bring the trouble into your life to get you straightened out. But you got to recognize there's a difference between when God's got a hold of you and trying to get you right than when you bring trouble on yourself. This morning I'm simply talking about suffering and trouble this morning. That we, because we live for the Lord. You, you realize the Bible said about Jesus in Isaiah chapter 53. He is a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. The Bible said that he was a man of suffering. He knew what it was like to suffer. God had only one son without sin. But he never had a son that didn't suffer. Amen. I, I've been born again. I'm in the family of God through Jesus Christ, what he did for me at cross of Calvary. I am a child of God this morning. If you're born again, you are a child of God. You can claim the blood of Jesus. You can say, hey, I'm a child of God. But can I tell you, God has not had a son that has not suffered. Even Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, has suffered. But he's only had one that without sin. Paul knew what it's like to be suffering. You know what the Bible said about our Savior in the book? Turn to Hebrews right quick. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Jesus himself, God's only son, suffered as a child of God. I'm giving you some reliable information this morning. You will suffer in your Christian walk. You, you say, why would you preach that this morning? Why would you tell me if I become saved and get saved and, 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 and join up with Christ? Why would you preach that? Why, why would Paul preach it to Timothy? Because if you understand that suffering is part of the Christian walk, you'll be able least apt to and least likely not to fade away. If you know that suffering is part of this lifestyle, part of this walk that you and I are in this morning, that you're going to suffer this morning. 
And, and Paul was forewarning Timothy, hey, there's suffering in the walk of a Christian life this morning. It is better to be forewarned this morning about suffering. It's, it, it's better to understand ahead of time that it don't knock you out. Don't knock your feet out from under you. Understand this, ahead of time is, is to get to a place where you prepare a place when it does come, you don't quit. You don't quit church, you don't quit reading your Bible, you don't quit praying, you don't quit witnessing. You know it's going to come. I'm trying to prepare you that suffering is going to come into your life somehow, some way, some fashion this morning. Verse number 9 in chapter 2 of Hebrews says, But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death every man for it became him for whom all things and by whom all things in bring bring many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering I am not going to let these sufferings knock me out I'm not going to let these sufferings make me a bitter Christian. I'm not going to let it to make me a, uh, I'm going to let it make me a better Christian this morning. I'm not going to let that make me uh, uh, sit down and get a pooch lip and, and get mad at the world. Instead of that, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to praise God. I'm going to shout to God. I'm going to still sing to God. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing, I still know the end of all times. I'm going to give God the glory in spite of my suffering this morning. There is nothing more precious to see a saint of God. And you know they're going through things. You know they're facing some things in their life. It may be family. It may be sickness. No matter what it is. It's, it's such a precious thing to see a saint of God come to church. And you know what they're going to stand and praise God. And sing the glory of God. And give him the praise even though they are suffering. Amen. Amen. What a precious sight it is to see a saint to give God glory. While they're suffering this morning. Many of you might be suffering here this morning. And I don't know what you're going through. But God knows. Can I say this? The worst advertisement for Jesus Christ. Is for a saint of God. Go through some suffering. Get mad. Get upset. And walk out of the house of God. That, that, that's the worst advertisement that anybody can do. And let me tell you, the world is looking at you as a Christian. They want to see how you handle it, what you're going to do with it, what you're going to say about it. They're looking at you. The worst advertisement is somebody that claims to be a child of God and get mad because something is going wrong in their life and quit on God. But some of the best advertisement is when a saint of God is going through life-changing things. And they stand and they praise God. I'm going to give God the glory no matter what I'm going through. Because I know that he sees the end from the beginning. I know he's got me. He said, I, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. I'm closer than a brother. So no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I face, no matter what trial comes my way, God is in the midst of it with me this morning. I'm not giving up on God because he ain't gave up on me. 
Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, But I would have you not to be ignorant, brethren, concerning which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others have no hope. Paul is saying, hey, we sorrow, but we don't sorrow like the world. We don't get upset like the world. We don't face the things like the world. We look at them in a different way. We have hope this morning. You and I have hope this morning. Preaching on this suffering this morning. And if you are a saint of God this morning, you are suffering in some area of your life, some form of fashion, Whatever it may be, the message is for you. The message is for you. I, I, I really wish you get about what I'm about ready to say about suffering. And I'm going to give you three quick things. Go back to our text. Three quick things about suffering this morning. Three quick things. And we'll be done. Notice the assurance of suffering. What do you mean? You can be assured of this. Tribulation and suffering will come. You know what Jesus Christ said in the, uh, uh, at the cross when he died in John 16? These things I have spoken to you that you might have peace. Now watch the assurance of what he said. In the world you shall have tribulation. He, he said you're going to have tribulation. Jesus uh, uh, said you're going to have tribulation. This is Jesus now. He's talking. You can look it up. John 16, chapter 30, uh, verse 33. You can look it up. This is what Jesus is saying. You're going to have tribulation. Mark it down if you're living in this world. This is yes, this is no. If you're living in this world... You're going to have tribulation. Uh, you're going to have problems. You're going to have troubles that come in your life. And Jesus said, hey, he's already done forewarned for us that you're going to have problems. But I love what he said at the end of that. Be of good cheer. Don't let it drive you down. Don't let it get you down. Don't let it take your heart from you. Don't let it take the joy from you. Be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And if he's overcome this world and he's inside of me, I've overcome this world. Nowhere in the Bible says once you get saved that you, nothing's going to happen to you. Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross for you and I. It happened. They beat him. They, mercifully, they beat him, accused him, railed on him. What makes you think you're better? What makes you think you're better? We are told, we see the assurance of suffering. We know this going to happen. You may have a job say, hey, the man on this job is making me mad. You're going to suffer. Look at the life of a Job. Look at life of Job. God said, hey, if you looked at my man, there's none righteous, upright, more upright than him. Lost all his kids in one day, lost his finances in one day, lost his, uh, all his belongings in one day. Everything's gone. He had a wife come up and say, why don't you just curse God and die? And his friends come out and point the fingers and say, hey, you must got some sin in your life. And Job said, hey, a woman, a man born a woman is Full of troubles. 
full of troubles. We see that. If you're going to live for God in this world, you're going to have some suffering. Suffering is part of life, I understand. Whether you're saved, whether you're lost, suffering will happen in your life this morning. Look what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 12. Yea, all, I need to get this, yea, all that will walk godly in Christ shall have a rose garden and never have a problem in their life. Ain't that what it says? Say, <laughs> yea, all that will live godly in Christ, Jesus shall suffer persecution. Notice the warning Paul gives all that will live godly. He gives us the warning. You want to know why some Christians are not suffering for God, why they're not having troubles, not problems? Because they're not living for God. Everything seems to go their way to get everything they want. And they say, I'm a child of God and never been persecuted, never had troubles. Then they're not serving God. Paul said, yea, all that live will live godly shall suffer persecution. A backslidden, carnal Christian does not know what it's like to suffer persecution for God. They don't know what it's like as far as living for Jesus Christ. They may have some sufferings of some sight in their life, but it's not suffering because they're living for God. If you make your mind up, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to live right, act right. Let me give you a warning. You want to claim Jesus Christ as your Savior? You want to walk with Him? You say, I'm going to go to heaven with Him? Let me just give you some warning this morning. You're going to suffer persecution according to the Word of God. It's just part of life. You're going to suffer. You will suffer. I know some of you are sitting saying, if you're trying to get me to live for God, you're sure doing a poor way in doing that. You may be sitting here and say, Preacher, if you're enticing me to uh, want to live for God, you might go some other way about that. I'm just telling you the truth this morning. I, I'm, just wanna, I'm not trying to paint you a picture that is not, the truth. I'm not trying to lie to you. I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything to you. If you live for God Christ Jesus, you shall suffer persecution in this life. What is one of the reasons for that? So you don't stop living in this, so you stop living in this world and start looking at him more. Get your eyes off the things of this world and get your eyes on him. The problem with a lot of Christians this morning, they got focused on the wrong things. They got focused on this world. They got focused on these things and, and not focusing on Jesus and they don't have persecution. But let me just say, if you start focusing your life on Jesus Christ and walking out to Him, there will be those who hate you for that. They're not going to like you. In fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he says, It is a war. And you need to get ready. 
He says, verse number three, Thou therefore endureth hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who have chosen him to be a soldier. Do you know what you are according to the Bible? You're saved. Just what I read, that you and the soldier in the army of God. You're, you're a soldier for God. If you're saved, you're called to be a soldier this morning. Listen, what I'm about to tell you this morning, the level of what makes a good soldier, the level that makes a good soldier, those who've been in the military, the level that makes a good soldier is the one that can endure suffering and persecution and still go on. You know what basic training is? We call it basic training, but other people call it a place of torture. Because what they're actually trying to do to you, they're trying to get you to the point that you almost break. They don't want you to break, but they want to get you to that point that you almost break. You go without sleep. You go without food. They march you there. They march you there. You run here. run there. They're trying to push you as much as they can to get you used to being what it's like to be suffering. Today's army is not the same as it was when I went in. Now all they had to do is reach in the pocket and pull out a card. I'm pressured. I'm under pressure. You can't do nothing to me no more. Nowhere I've ever read in any books that I read about military and the product of war and what happens in war do they have a timeout in war. It don't happen that way. You stand up at any with a red card. Hey! I'm stressed out. Don't shoot me. Body bag coming. They're going to get you. They're, 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 what I'm trying to tell you is God has pre-warned us that you're going to suffer. You're going to go through these things. I, I want you to be ready because I'm trying to get you to the point that you just don't sit down and quit on God. Even though I'm suffering, every, even though I'm going through tribulation in my life and my family of some sort, I'm not going to set down on God. The greatest soldiers you'll ever read about suffered. And the reason why they get written about is because they're not the greatest sufferers because they suffered for what they did. They suffered for what they did. Some of you are wondering why God is making you go through this. God, I don't know why I'm going through this. Why, why am I facing this, God? But maybe it's because he's looking down the road. He sees your path down the road. He knows there's, there's a battle out there. There's an enemy coming for you. And he's trying to prepare you now to be ready for that battle that's ahead of you. You don't see the battle, but he sees the battle. He sees that enemy that's coming ahead. He knows it's coming your way, and he's trying to prepare you to be ready to face that enemy. Getting battle ready. So that when you go through it, you're able to handle it. Don't quit on God. So many Christians are on fire so quick. And they, 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 they worship God, they praise God, they sing the songs of God, but one little trial come into their life and they blame God and walk away. God, why did you let this happen to me? 
I sung your songs. I read your book. I praise. I go to church. Why did you let this happen to me? See, the battle that you might be facing today might not be the war that you're going to face tomorrow. Get that? You may go through some suffering today, but I'm going to tell you, there's a battle coming down the road that you may not know what you're going to face. You get up in the morning, tomorrow morning, the phone call rings, and hey, that phone call can change your life completely. I know. I've been there. It changed my life. I've been there. So God is saying, hey, you're going to go through these things. I want you to get ready to face these things because I want you to know there is the assurance of suffering in your life as a Christian this morning. You know what I found out? I found that sometimes suffering is a gift from God. What? I don't want that gift. I don't want that gift. Philippians 1 said, For unto you is given in behalf of Christ. Not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. So sometimes the suffering that we get is a gift from God. Do you believe that? If you believe on him, you're going to be, believe that the suffering is him. God gives you every, every single gift that you get, God gives you. Even if the gift is called suffering, God gives it to you. I, I don't like that gift. I wish I didn't have to take that gift. But I'll tell you what it does. It conforms us to his image. Gets us closer to him. Because he suffered for us. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering. Being made conform unto death. God gives us suffering sometimes, not to set us back, to set us up. Amen. You get that? You get that? To help us to stand. If you read about the life of Joseph, he was hated by his brothers, thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, part of his house, you lied on him, put in prison. You think that was a gift that he wanted? You think he got up and said, Lord, just... Give me your best shot today. I think in Hallelujah. No, he went through all those things and suffered all those things so that God can set him up. He was second in command. He saved his own family for what he endured and went through. David's the same way. David's life the same way. Saul sought after him to kill him. Saul wanted them dead, and David ran and ran. God set him up. Ruth went through, lost everything she had, lost her husband, lost her children, lost everything she had. She left her, her homeland. But God set her up. God set her up. So don't think that when suffering comes your way that God just totally pulls back from you. God is using that suffering in some way to make you stronger, to make you to stand, to understand there's something down the road that he's setting you up for. Amen. We see the, the assurance of suffering. We, we know that's coming. We know it's coming. Nowhere in the Bible says everything's a rose garden. I love to have a rose garden. You know I love roses. I got roses around my house everywhere. I got them. I love roses. But we're not promised a rose garden. We, we see the assistance 
and suffering. Look what he said in verse number 13. Say, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Cannot deny himself. What he's saying is when we suffer, he's faithful. He's faithful when you're not faithful. Amen. When you feel like you can't go another step and ready to give up, I'm glad there's someone that stands beside you somewhere in the shadows that says, I'm here for you. I'm there for you. Don't worry about it. I've got you. Don't hide. Don't run. Don't hide. I've got you. Stand strong. Even when you're not faithful, God is faithful. I'm so glad there's someone that's been there and done that for me. He knows what it's like to suffer. He knows what he's gone through. He knows the persecution he went through. And he knows that he knows our making because he created us. He knows what we're able to take and what we can't take. He's even faithful when we deny him because he'll never deny us. I'm so glad we have the assurance that he's always going to be beside us. I'm glad that I have hope in my soul. I'm glad that I have assurance in my life. I've got the word of God on it. When I go through suffering, he won't kick me to side. He won't forget me. But he said, I, I know where you are because I have been there too. I've done that. I've gone through that. I know where you're at in life. And I'm here to tell you, I, I, I'm here to strengthen you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to hold you up. I'm telling you, uh, don't worry about it. I've got your back on it. Don't worry about it. I'm here to be a blessing in the midst of your trial this morning. Because he says, I've been there, I've done that. There's no friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. No else could heal all our souls of diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows. Jesus knows. Jesus knows all our struggles. Ain't that good that know that He knows your struggles no matter what you're going through? He will guide you till the day is done. He knows all your struggles. He knows what you're going through. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. I'm telling you this morning, He's available to the sufferer this morning. If you're suffering, don't run around and just throw your hands up. Jesus is somewhere next to you. If you're here this morning, you've got suffering in your life, you have a problem or a burden in your life. I'm not really sure or understand the relationship of Jesus Christ, but I can tell you somewhere in the shadows, He's standing there waiting for you. He's, he's there to give you encouragement to those who are suffering this morning. Who knows? He knows what it's like to hurt. And being in pain with something in your life. He knows what you're going through. 
Can I give you some comfort this morning? Can I give you some comfort this morning? Jesus is real close to where you're at right now. And if you're going to... <laughs> If you're going through some suffering and Jesus is real close to you right now, you're going to experience something with him like you've never experienced before. You'll never experience something like having Jesus right next to you. I, I don't like the suffering. It hurts. I don't like the suffering that I'm going through. Listen, I didn't say you had to like it. I didn't say you had to like it. But I'm glad I'm telling you this morning, get up because somewhere near to you, Jesus is standing near you. He's in the shadows watching you. I'm telling you this morning, he's closer than you, than in you and your suffering than you really understand. If I could take your sufferings from you this morning, I would. But I'd do you an injustice. You'll never have the fellowship with him like uh, you'd ever notice to him in your sufferings. If I could take all your past burdens and off your shoulders, I'd do, I do your disjustice. If I could take all your pain that's coming ahead of you, I would take it from you. But I'm telling you, I, I, it would be a disjustice for you to reaching out to touch him of his garment and feel that power, feel that glory that runs through you. It would do you injustice if I took it. But let me just tell you, if even though in your suffering and all that, all you have to do is reach out and just touch the hem of his garment this morning. All those bad experiences you've gone through in life, he's there with you. He's there to help you. We, we see the assurance of suffering. We know that we see the assistance in his suffering, but can I tell you this? There's reward in suffering. Verse number 12 says, If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign. Paul said, if you will keep on serving in spite of what you're going through, no matter what level of suffering that you have in your life, let me say this, we don't have to choose what we suffer. You, don't, you can't, ooh, praise God. You cannot choose what you want to suffer and what you cannot choose. That's God's job. God knows what he can put on you. God says, hey, if you choose not to suffer these things, you wouldn't choose it. But God says, it's my job to choose what suffering you go through. What your job is, is to stand in the middle of it and praise him and give him the glory no matter what you're going through this morning. I'm so tired of Christians. Coming in, oh, woe is me. Oh, woe is me. What you just say, praise God. You ever try to praise God in the midst of your sadness? You ever try to praise God when things are not going your way? Every light is catching you going to job. You're getting upset, the person in front of you doing 20 miles an hour, and you're trying to get around, and you're running late already, and you just say, ah, oh, blah, 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 blah. No, won't you say, Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you. God said, hey, if you start praising me in the midst of this suffering that you're going through, you might find that you'll get through it a lot better. He said, if we suffer... We shall also reign with him. 
What is suffering? What are you saying here? For those who suffer, for those that knows what it's like to suffer something in their life, and all of us here this morning can say, I know what it's like to suffer, but I'm just going to keep serving God in spite of it. I'm not going to sit down. In spite of it, I will still share the good news, the rewards of God. And can I tell you the good news is there's rewards. You'll get to reign with Him. I, I want to make sure I live my life now so that when I get there, I've got a reward to give back to Him. So many Christians, they are living the life of this world here. The mind's focused on this world here. But I, I want to live that my life is there. I don't want to stand before Jesus with nothing. You know, I got nothing. All that he's done for us. All the suffering he went through us. And we can't suffer for him. Can I tell you this? Bible calls him the captain of our salvation. It's a military term. I don't know why it's all military overtones and all this stuff, but it's military overtones. Someday you're going to meet your captain of your salvation. You're going to get to see him face to face. You're going to look at the nail-scarred hands. Now I love that new song, The Only Scars in Heaven Now are the ones that hold you now. I love that. I love that song. You get to see him face to face. He's coming back again. Let me just say this. That ought to just encourage you enough right there to shout the glory down. I know he's coming back. I know he's coming back. He said if I go, I'll come again. I'll tell you what. He left. He's coming back. I'm waiting for that day. I'm looking for that day. Every day I live, I live. I get closer every day. I'm too far now to turn back. I'm not giving up God. I don't care what I'm going through. I'm just going to keep praising and serving God and giving him the glory because he's worth it all this morning. He's done everything for you this morning. Amen. At least we can go. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. There's no friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. We can call each other friends. We've got our backs sometimes, but I'm going to just tell you right now, we can only go so far with each other. <laughs> you can only go so far with me. When I take them in there, roll me into the surgery room, my wife can't go in with me. I'm going by myself. Can't go there. We can only go so far with each other. Oh, praise God. Praise God. <laughs> He said, I'll be in the room waiting for you when you get there. He said, I'll be there already. I've got it prepared out. I've got it played out. And let me just say this. He's got a place prepared for you and I that the Bibles and ears and eyes cannot even conceive to tell us what it's going to be like there. What glory. You're going to suffer in this world today. Why? Because the people hate you. They hate the name Jesus. You know, you can mention God all day long, but as soon as you throw that name Jesus out there, 
It's a cold shoulder. They're they trying to tell you now you can't pray in the name of Jesus. Not me. I go to a meeting once a month and I pray in the name of Jesus. I'll tell you, if you ask me when we get through, I'll tell you what kind of people are in that meeting with me. I pray in the name of Jesus. There's no other name. Because he is there. He's done it all for you and I. He suffered for you and I. He says, I'm just going to let you know in this world, as a child of God, you're going to suffer. Some of y'all suffering right now, I know that. Some of you are suffering, some physically, some mentally. Some in the family, heartaches, trials, we're suffering. We are suffering. But can I tell you, he's next to you this morning. Amen. It's by our heads.